Welcome to the 50th episode of the Riyadh podcast, a podcast on entrepreneurship in Jordan and the Middle East and North Africa region that we started um, a year ago at the Wilson Center with support from the US Embassy in Amman. I'm really delighted to be recording this 50th episode from the US Embassy in Amman. And I'm delighted to welcome our two guests um, today, Ambassador Jim Jeffrey, who is the chair of the Middle East program at the Wilson Center, and uh, Mr. Rohit Nepal, who is the tech deputy chief of mission at the U.S. Embassy in Oman. So thank you both for joining us today. Um, and um, we look, I look forward to um, our conversation. Um, so Rohit, I'm going to start with you. Um, Thank you for your support for, for this podcast. Um, initially, the purpose was to really highlight um, the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Jordan and the MENA region um, because it plays a very important role in Jordan and Jordan's and the region's economic development. Um, so what are you focused on here at the embassy um, when it comes to Jordan's economy, given the challenges that it's facing? Well, let me start by uh, thanking you, uh, Ambassador Jeffrey, and the Wilson Center, uh, because, frankly, entrepreneurship and spurring economic growth are really uh, one of our embassy's highest priorities. Uh, Jordan has a really serious unemployment problem. Uh, these days, uh, there are about 150,000 new job entrants uh, every year into the economy, and only 40,000 new jobs approximately created uh, each year. So you've got a huge gap. Um, addressing this unemployment is really going to require uh, Jordan's government to grow, uh, Jordan's economy to grow much faster than it has uh, typically. And so our embassy has really spent a tremendous amount of time and effort, uh, both the State Department, USAID uh, in particular, in supporting uh, the King's economic modernization vision, which is really looking at new sources of growth. Uh, ultimately, from a U.S. embassy perspective, though, we, we really recognize that this job creation really needs to come from the private sector. So uh -huh. uh, seeing uh, a podcast like this and uh, discussions about uh, improving the environment for entrepreneurship are really important from, uh, from our uh, side of the table. Um, and um, Ambassador Jeffrey, uh, we spent the whole day with so many different entrepreneurs um, at Flat Six Labs, one of the... Um, funds here that, that helps a lot of the startups um, in Jordan and the rest of the region. Um, why is advancing Jordan's economic development important for the United States? Well, it's important, uh, first of all, and I'm speaking as an observer of U.S. foreign policy, not as a participant anymore in it, but uh, traditionally we have uh, very much seen uh, economic activity the private sector investment in technology as partners, as companions to what is often a core security relationship. And as he knows, this embassy is famous for its very extensive security relationship with our security partner, Jordan. But nonetheless, uh, what we've seen going back in Germany and uh, Japan, the number three in uh, four economies in the world today are Taiwan, the chip capital of the world, bar none. Uh, you can not only combine a security relationship with a economic, private sector, entrepreneurial mm -hmm. technical relationship, but to some degree, they're multipliers, they reinforce each other. And thus, I'd like to hear 
how Rahit sees the link between the two because I'm just being very general there. Uh, well, uh, Ambassador, we uh, at the embassy uh, fully concur with uh, that vision. Uh, from an embassy Amman perspective, it's quite striking to me. I, I served here from 2014 to 2017 previously and then returned uh, in October or September of 2022. Uh, the difference in our orientation as a mission is quite dramatic. Uh, we were heavily securitized or focused primarily on supporting Jordan and addressing the threat that was posed uh, by ISIS. Uh, of course, that's something that we continue to support and work with Jordan on today. Uh, but our number one priority as a mission is supporting Jordan's economic growth because we see economic security as mm -hmm. vital to uh, Jordan's national security and Jordan's stability and its ability to be uh, the partner that uh, we have longed to have the partnership that we've long enjoyed uh, with Jordan uh, into the future. And um, economic security is tied to human security. And we know that Jordan um, hosting a large number of refugees has to grapple with a lot of um, challenges. Um, so I, I want to delve a little bit into some of the findings that we um, basically uh, picked up throughout the discussions that we've had with entrepreneurs um, in Jordan and the MENA region. And we've interview, interviewed not only entrepreneurs, but also investors and other stakeholders in the ecosystem from Egypt, Lebanon, Iraq, uh, Tunisia, um, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, UAE, so we had a really rich um, uh, guest list for this podcast. And many entrepreneurs we interviewed um, flagged the regulatory environment, particularly in Jordan, as a major obstacle when it comes to the tech sector. And Ambassador Jeffrey, you mentioned the importance of the sector, particularly in the future um, of work and um, its impact on the future of work. Um, so. Um, and um, Rohit, you mentioned the, the Jordan's uh, modernization uh, vision and the tech, uh, uh, the tech sector is uh, certainly part of it. Um, so why do we continue to see these regulations in place even after more than a decade of various attempts to reform and make this ecosystem more friendly? It's a, I'd say it's a very uh, tricky balance with the government. Uh, the uh, the most common complaint we hear from the private sector uh, really is center, they generally center around instability in the regulatory tax environments, uh, challenges that are common uh, in a lot of emerging markets. Uh, but in Jordan, we obviously have, as His Majesty laid out, a very aggressive economic uh, modernization vision. So we're at a period where the government is really trying to lay the groundwork for a uh, an environment that will be hospitable and welcoming uh, to private sector development. Uh, I think it's really important in the context of Jordan to remember also, as we see in the United States, that, that entrepreneurs themselves and the private sector itself uh, has a role to play in the policy dialogues with the government uh, to make sure that the government really understands their needs. Uh, we see this here in Jordan, the American Chamber of Commerce uh, and its members were very uh, active in the uh, discussions that led to the uh, Royal Economic Modernization Vision. So that was a positive development in that you had that dialogue between the private sector and the public sector. From the U.S. side, obviously, 
U.S. government employees are always trained uh, to focus on the importance of uh, developing a private public sector or private sector, pardon me, uh, as a as a way to ensure uh, economic security and ensure uh, the capacity of the United States to uh, maintain our diplomatic and security presence around the world. Um, as a diplomat, I've certainly uh, expected, and it's made very clear by uh, both the president and the secretary of state, uh, that I have a role in promoting U.S. Uh, U.S. businesses in the U.S. economy. Uh, it's interesting. I just spent uh, my Friday evening, which is uh, was on the weekend, uh, meeting with a uh, a group of U.S. buyers uh, from uh, for a company here in Jordan that was actually looking to uh, open up a manufacturing plant in the United States. Um, and that was something that my whole team was very excited to participate in because we were looking at the real possibility of a Jordanian company that's done business uh, in the United States and is moving to the next stage of actually uh, creating a facility that will create American jobs. Yeah, so it goes both it goes both ways. Um, and that's a really good example um, of, of that. Um, Ambassador Jeffrey, um, you, you mentioned earlier today the workshop, why it's so important for the United States to support programs um, such as this podcast project that enhance exchanges between uh, not only both governments in Jordan and the United States, but between the people. Um, and in this particular case, um, the private sector. What can Jordanians um, hope for um, in, in learning from the um, American entrepreneurial experience? Um, first of all, I think that the United States, by none, and we heard a fair amount of this from entrepreneurs here themselves, uh, is the entrepreneurial center of the world in terms of rapidity of uh, idea to production to sales uh, and also a technology-free uh, environment. But the other thing is, I think we bring social capital values to bear. For example, coming into the embassy today, I noticed uh, you have an exhibit of Jordanian women painters. Perfect. And this is to advance, I don't know whether it's Women's History Month or, uh, uh, but uh, it certainly sets the tone of how we are looking at things. Uh, specifically on women, uh, what is their role here in Jordan in the private sector? Ambassador, that's a, a great question. Unfortunately, it's uh, uh, right now that the situation is great. Uh, the truth is that Jordan has uh, a very low uh, female workforce participation, second lowest in the world, uh, and that's a that that shows what that means is that uh, half of Jordan's population's potential is essentially uh, not unlocked. Uh, so, as an as an embassy, one of the things that uh, we certainly focus on, particularly in our USAID programming, but across the missions, you saw with uh, the art exhibit too, uh, both from the power of our demonstration, but also from the power of the work we do. Uh, on a daily basis uh, in supporting uh, the Jordanian government and the Jordanian private sector is to really uh, find ways to improve uh, that very uh, low female workforce participation. That can range from helping the government uh, eliminate regulatory barriers uh, to also working the private sector uh, to show them best practices that we have in the United States that have helped improve uh, the circumstances uh, uh, or the capabilities of getting women into the workforce. Uh, a fundamental challenge here, a fundamental opportunity, actually, I'd say, is the fact that uh, 
Jordanian women are very highly educated and highly skilled. Right. Uh, so getting them into the workforce is exactly the way that uh, we're going to get Jordan on the path that we all wanted to see. We all want to see it on. And that's what the World Bank refers to as um, the MENA paradox. That um, basically, as you refer to, women um, in certain countries, including Jordan, um, are outperforming men in tertiary education, but that's not being translated into um, the labor um, market. Um, so I, I want to turn to, um, again, back to Jordan and um, the United States. Jordan was the first country, I think, in the region to sign a free trade agreement with the United States. Um, but talking to, to so many entrepreneurs, um, not only through the podcast, but, you know, offline, um, it seems that the FTA is not as utilized as it should be. Um, how can um, the FTA be better utilized to increase exports um, uh, or to just, you know, invigorate bilateral trade uh, further? The FTA is a really wonderful tool available to Jord the Jordanian private sector. Uh, and uh, we've observed the same, that uh, we want to see uh, more trade and better use uh, of the opportunity that the FTA presents. Uh, as part of that, uh, we have at the American Chamber of Commerce an FTA unit that helps uh, companies uh, better employ uh, the agreement. Uh, part of this issue is that the U.S. market is enormous. Uh, we're a very complicated economy. Uh, we're not a, uh, uh, we're, we're enormous and, uh, it is, can be very challenging for exporters, particularly, uh, smaller exporters to just figure their way through, uh, the U.S. market. Um, it requires a lot of money and time. Uh, and so one of the things, uh, we offer is that, uh, in one of the best resources for companies that are, want to explore, exporting the United States is, uh, the staff at the American Chamber of Commerce at this FTA unit mm -hmm. uh, that uh, are are available to assist. Um, on the import side, because the FTA also benefits uh, Jordanian importers mm -hmm. and Jordanian consumers, uh, because it allows uh, Jordanian importers uh, to get duty-free access to a wide range of products. You've probably seen here in Jordan, uh, if you go to a grocery store uh, or uh, a shopping mall, that there's pretty significant presence of U.S. Uh, imports here. Right. Um, that's, that's a result of the FDA. Mm -hmm. uh, for importers who are looking uh, to select the United States as a source for their uh, products, the U.S. Commercial Service uh, is a resource that can help them connect to U.S. exporters in their field. Yeah, and we only hope that um, we'll see more bilateral trade. I know the textile industry in particular has been doing very well um, and has um, increased significantly in the last few years. Um, tech, that's Basically, U.S. companies coming here to the qualified industrial zones and um, then exporting um, garments back to the, the United States. Um, so one thing that we concluded a lot of our discussions with in our podcast series was ask a lot of the entrepreneurs and other stakeholders we interviewed if they had any words of wisdom or lessons learned from their own entrepreneurial journeys. Um, so both of you are um, career diplomats. Uh, Ambassador Jeffrey, you, you spent more than 40 years um, in global affairs. And, um, and so what would you tell the youth of Jordan um, about venturing into the private sector, particularly those who are sometimes influenced by family about the public sector? Uh, first of all, given my deep commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, I don't use terms like youth because now I also have to use terms like old, which would include me. 
rather the way I uh, twist it is those who are commencing a career phase in their lives, regardless of their age, are facing the same thing. Uh, what you want to do, because you have no choice, is to start off with what, uh, as Marissa was uh, briefing in her uh, presentation today, is uh, the technical side of uh, authority-driven relationships in any bureaucratic organization. That's simply the reality in the foreign service, the military, and business, and everything else. Uh, and where much of work is transactional and technical. But it is very important, the sooner the better, for people to start looking at opportunities to develop informal as well as formal authority based upon trust, confidence, uh, interpersonal relations. The reason that is so is that at a certain point in a career, and we certainly see this at the upper levels of the Foreign Service, you're focused not on a transactional, technical, uh, authority-driven, worked in interpersonal exchange model, but rather one of leadership, uh -huh. where what matters is the ability to deal with changes to the status quo, bottom line mission development, persuading, taking risk, working out new creative solutions. And this is a very hard transition. The sooner people can understand, first of all, the difference, and secondly, find opportunities in mentoring and being mentored are at the top of the barrel when it comes to that, uh, the quicker they will be uh, in the running to move to that critical level of leadership in any institution. Thank you for that. Um, Barit, what would you tell? Well, I have spent the vast majority of my professional career in the government, although I did uh, spend uh, a little bit of time in the private sector as, a, as an attorney. Um, but I'm actually going to reflect uh, based on the experience of my mother, who is an entrepreneur, uh, and who I've learned a tremendous amount from. Uh, the first thing is the willingness to take risk uh, and to not be afraid to fail. Uh, in my mother's case, uh, she started with the dream of opening up a uh, a business that would sell computers. This was a long time ago, yeah. and uh, uh, the home computer was a big deal. Yeah, it seems a long time ago now, but uh, um, and. Frankly, that that business really didn't uh, didn't develop for her, um, but uh, she saw an opportunity in selling office supplies. Um, not wasn't her original passion, uh, and uh, she developed that into a multi million dollar company uh, in the United States. Uh, and then in two thousand eight, when the financial crisis happened, uh, that business uh, dried up for a variety of reasons, uh, and she was able to pivot again. So. If, a second time right. uh, to another type of product, uh, and uh, that that taught me that uh, you know you really need uh, to be willing to fail or at least fall fall down, um, and when you fall, fall forward, find a way uh, to make that an opportunity, not uh, not simply just a uh, a setback. Um, and that's generally speaking, I think, uh, particularly having uh, seen the opportunities that exist here in Jordan, uh, specific to Jordan. Uh, I really encourage young people to be uh, be be prepared uh, because there are opportunities everywhere uh, in this country, um, and it's really a matter of identifying that that thing that you believe or that segment of the market that you believe that you can uh, service, and then uh, be ready when the moment avails itself to actually uh, take action and try to uh, start your business. He meant, of course, people of any age starting in group. <laughs> But it's sure. And <laughs> you're, you're never too old to start a new career. Absolutely. 
Um, well, I'm, I'm, um, I thank you so much uh, to both of you. Um, very, um, um, important lessons learned and messages to, uh, people of all ages, um, in Jordan. Um, and I, I'll, I guess this kind of reminds me with what I started, uh, today's workshop with, which is, um, basically when you're a kid and you learn how to ride a bike, um, you don't, you know, your parents don't give you a book on bicycleology. <laughs> you have to get on the bike and you have to fall multiple times until you get it. Um, and so that very much sums up the entrepreneurial journey um, for so many people in Jordan and the Mena region um, and pretty much describes, I think, um, my personal engagement with this project. Um, it was an entrepreneurial journey of its own. Um, my team and I, um, Brooke and Alex, um, had to do so many different things to continuously try and, you know, um, made mistakes along the way, but learned. Uh, and it was an absolute pleasure to work with members of the U.S. Embassy um, uh, from the Public Affairs Office. So thank you so much for your support again. And we um, we promise you that the Riyadh podcast will continue um, to focus on um, economic development in the region. So thank you for giving the Wilson Center the opportunity to launch. So thank you, Ambassador Jeffrey, um, Mr. Rahid Nepal, for your time today. Thank you. Thank you very much for the collaboration. This podcast is funded by a grant from the United States Department of State. The opinions, findings, and conclusions of this podcast are those of our guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State. <laughs>